this concept isn't a lifestyle for me, but I think it's an it can be an incredible tool for women and men who are really ready to take manifestation and mantras and all of that into their life. Welcome to Raw and Real. I'm Megan Casey Loftus. And I'm Samantha Jenkins. Working in the fashion industry can often seem materialistic and shallow. On Raw and Real, we shut down those stereotypes and dive into the discussions surrounding job opportunities, both creative and business, within the fashion world. There are so many unknown aspects to the fashion industry and the entrepreneurial world that we will uncover through interviewing fashion industry leaders, serial entrepreneurs, and girls just like us. Hi everyone, happy Thursday. I hope you're all having an amazing week. This episode is so major, you guys. Today, I'm sitting down to chat with Britt Theodora. Who is Britt Theodora? She is a celebrity stylist that has most recently ventured into the world of energy styling. If you know me, you know that I'm a huge believer in manifestation. The idea that if you put something out into the universe and you put in the work, that thing will come back your way. So now we're talking about someone who combines manifestation and energies and fashion. Of course, I'm going to be obsessed. Britt talks about the hustle and hard work it takes to be in fashion, her first summers in New York, what colors you should be wearing to attract certain feelings, achievements, or people into your life, and so much more. Rate, review, and subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Let's get into it. Today on the podcast, we have Britt Theodora. Thank you for coming on. Hello. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. Where did you go to school? Where are you from? What did you study? Back to the back to the beginning. Okay, <laughs> so I'm from California. I went to University of Arizona, which is super random, but I actually went there for ballet. They have a really good dance program. Only ended up dancing for a year. But anyways, went to Arizona. I'm from California and studied journalism and like wanted to go the whole journalism editor route. But yeah, that's kind of like in a nutshell. When you were at school at Arizona, did you find yourself getting involved in fashion on campus? So I had a fashion blog when I was in high school. And I remember when Blogspot came out and I was like, this is so cool. And I had my best friend do it with me. And I was like, we should do a fashion blog. This would be so fun. And she's like, okay. It it was a very like weird thing at Mm -hmm. the time. What year was this? I was a junior in high school. So this would have been in 2009. Okay. So in 2009, blogging was not really a thing. Yeah. I just love to write and I was obsessed with magazines. Like when I was a teenager, I slept with a Teen Vogue under my pillow and would read it like front to back every night, memorize it, check the mail every day for the next one, photocopy the magazine put the cover of the photocopy on my wall. So I'd have like years and years of teen Vogue's. And then obviously like I would read Vogue's when I got older. So I was obsessed with like editorials and dissecting magazines. And when Blogspot came out, I was Mm -hmm. like, I want to write, I want to have a platform where I can share like my love for fashion. And there wasn't any social media. It wasn't like Instagram was around or anything. And then um, Courtney, my best friend, we had this blog and it was called We Love B and C, but C was S-E-A. 
Mm. We're trying to be like cool. Honey. Yeah. We we lived in Southern California, so we're like B and C ocean and B is Brit. Did you take pictures of yourself or was it just talking about we would have full on photo shoots? Like my sister would take photos of us, my twin. That's commitment. Oh my gosh. I have we did this vlog for like years. And we always joke about it because we're like, imagine if we kept up with this blog, like we could have, we yeah. could have maybe even something at the time when we did it, I totally got made fun of in high school. Like people thought it was so weird, but I didn't really care. I just needed, I, I, I loved it. And then I actually kept that blog throughout most of college and that helped me get into some big internships so Mm -hmm. it kind of ended up working out but yeah super random what were some of the internships that started you off in the industry so it's kind of crazy I actually like still don't think I'd be where I am today if I didn't do my very first internship so internships are like I can't even stress how important internships are my first summer in New York I interned at Gucci how old were you I was was it your first summer in college? No. So I'm like losing track of the yeah. years right now because <laughs> I used to work in my dad's mailroom. And so my first summer in college, I worked in the mailroom and like hated my life and did my blog and was just like, I need to do something else next summer. That's like more fulfilling and mm-hmm. you know what I want to do with my life. I interviewed for the position. I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this job. The young woman who em- her, who interviewed me was in my sister's sorority. Okay. And my, my older sister went to USC and was a theta. And she was like, Lauren Wilson needs an intern at Gucci in New York this summer in the VIP department. Like, you should apply. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get this. I go to University of Arizona. Like, this is this school isn't going to stand mm-hmm. out, you know, for a big fashion internship. And then I interviewed with her. And then she sent me an offer. And I was like, oh, my God, how the hell am I going to, like, afford to live in New York mm-hmm. for the summer you know, there's no way my parents are going to let me do this. And then my dad was actually so supportive. I, I still to this day, this was like 10 years ago. I, I can't believe he let me do that. And that was like the hottest summer of my life. I no AC. I Tell had me. no AC. I lived with this. Um, I lived with a friend of mine from ballet. She was dancing professionally with Alvin Ailey. She lived in a studio and there were two beds. Mm-hmm. So we like shared a room okay and there was no ac and that whole summer i remember my first task when i walked in on my very first day i had to wrap a birthday present for beyonce and i was like what the heck like this is so crazy and then most of that summer it was me just like schlepping garment bags up and down fifth avenue from our press office to the consignment part of the store in trump tower and i would just be walking up up and down Fifth Avenue in my little like skirts with probably like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of clothing just piled on top of me. Like I, I always was like, if someone just ran up to me and stole something, they would, they would have like scored because I was always like carrying all the new like Gucci for fittings for Silas. That's when the wheels started turning about the whole world of Silas. Mm-hmm. But at that point I was like, oh, these go out to Silas and they go for fittings and you know, Gucci had a very strict VIP list at the time and they still do, but it was like before Alessandra Michelle, it was when Frida Giannini was a creative director. So, you know, Beyonce, Blake Lively was the face. Um, it was a tight group of people who, mm-hmm. who we loaned to at the time. So it was 
it sounded very glamorous when I would see my friends on the weekend, but then, you know, the reality of it, I was like running up and down Fifth Avenue and right. organizing the not glamorous fashion closet. So that was your first exposure to styling then? My first exposure and my boss became my mentor. I think what's really important for a lot of people going into any profession, but especially fashion, those internships are so important and you're bosses can become your mentors who are the people who end up telling you about other jobs. So from that internship, I went off and, you know, the next summer I was connected with someone at Long Vaughn and then spent the summer with um, them. And then after Long Vaughn, um, my mentor and boss from that internship is who introduced me to Michaela Erlanger, which is who I worked for for three years. But yeah. So without Gucci, I wouldn't have met right. Hallie, who introduced me to Michaela. So right. it's it's a lot about scoring the first internship, but then mm-hmm. doing the work to keep totally. the connections and keeping yourself top of mind and people in the industries when they see a posting of some kind. Yeah. Or more often just hear of something. I feel like even I just feel like I now it's really tricky because there's been a lot of issues with unpaid internships and in fashion. I did ridiculous things to stand out like one season it was during the school year Lavon had an event in San Diego they were showing a collection in San Diego at a museum and my old boss called me and was like oh I know you're from California do you want to come help us with this event it's not paid but we can give you gas money and I'm like oh I'm in Arizona but I'll drive down for it Mm -hmm. drove down for it found a team of interns of six like basically got all this, you know, help and drove literally like eight hours just to work this event. And then I drove back to Arizona. I feel like I went above and beyond. And that's Mm -hmm. the woman who was there for that event is the one who introduced me to Michaela for my first job. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a big investment, you know, what initial, what was like the final moment where you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to break off on my own. I didn't have a final moment. I think about this a lot. I feel like I very much manifested this whole career. The only big moment I had was after three years of assisting a stylist that I was like, you know, this is, I'm going to go off and do this, but I'll rewind to how that all kind of came about. Mm -hmm. So I, like I said earlier, I was trying to go the whole editor route. Um, and so I was interviewing at Vogue and I, I was in final interview processes at Vogue, both in LA and New York. I was like interviewing to be Lisa Love's assistant. And then I was interviewing with the market editor at Vogue. And I was like, there's no way I'm not going to get a job at Vogue. I'm interviewing at both offices. Like this is a shoe in. I was you know, right. obviously a little cocky, but <laughs> for listeners who might not know, who is Lisa Love? Lisa Love is the West Coast fashion director of Vogue. Okay. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I felt pretty good about it. I mean, I was right. I had like so. multiple yeah. interviews, like, you know, whatever. But at the time of all of that, um, I was in New York freelancing for fast, uh, fashion week for KCD, which is a major PR firm, um, here in New York, they have an office in Paris and London and an LA office now. And they literally put on most of fashion week. Like mm-hmm. I know you probably know what KCD yeah. is. So I was freelancing with them as an RS, 
VP coordinator. So I would pick up the phone and call people and say, hey, uh, Bill Cunningham, are you able to come to the Mark Jacobs show on Wednesday? And that's like a very true story, actually. Anyways, but this was back when like RSVPs for Fashion Week was like done on the phone. Mm -hmm. Wasn't even that long ago, but a lot's changed in six years. But so Hallie, my boss from Lombon, calls me and says, my friend Michaela Erlinger is looking for a coordinator. Are you interested? And I was like, Michaela Erlinger, the stylist? And she was like, yeah. I was like, she's a coordinator. I was like, stylists have coordinators? Like, I thought this was a hobby. Like, I knew stylists obviously were, you know, I, I at, at this time it was like Rachel Zoe and then these like group of stylists, Michaela Erlanger, Carla Welsh, um, Kate, Young. Kate Young, you know, they were on the rising and I was like, I had no idea these people had full-time assistants on a salary. I just thought that they were stuck. I don't know. I, I, Thought they were hustling, just like yeah, like I didn't realize that they had like full on businesses, and I wanted to do what they were doing, but part of a magazine because in my mind I was like that makes more sense to be a part of a company than mm -hmm. whatever. So I interviewed to be Michaela's coordinator. So she at the time had two assistants and then a coordinator, and the coordinator did all the sample trafficking, the returns, basically like all the things that are the hardest part about being a stylist mm -hmm. harder in a way that's like there's a lot of moving pieces organizing the showroom looking after the interns like doing all the behind the scenes stuff the shipping the messengers the running around i remember i said is this going to be better than working at vogue and she said absolutely and i was like all right, I'll take an interview. And so I took an interview um, with Michaela's assistant, Kat. And she comes in, and she's Australian, and she's, like, super cool. And she gives me the whole breakdown of the job. And I was like, yeah, I could totally do this job. And then it wasn't too far after I got an email from Michaela. We basically want to proceed. And was with her for three years and just worked my way up and then did three award seasons with her and just really, really learned everything. And it was a seven day a week job and mm -hmm. very crazy. Yeah. I mean, also starting out as the coordinator, wearing all of those hats, you really yeah. learn like every aspect of the business. And then you get to shadow someone who handles the like higher up version of the business, the relationships exactly. and the, the proper language to use and things like that. I'm sure too, being the coordinator, you created a lot of great relationships with people yeah. at different companies that then now recognize your name yeah. today. Well, people, so for a year, I was like strictly on return email. I used to be in FedEx every night till 9 p.m. Yeah. closed. And I used to handwrite the labels like, and again, this wasn't even that long ago, but it was long enough where there, there's just, a, there's been a lot of change in the industry. But yeah, a lot of people that I would email, you know, with returns and then requests and then also... Um, all, all three years of being with Michaela, I managed her schedule. So, you know, I was just across a lot of things and was with her a lot and just really like embraced every single part of it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how you learned probably the nuts and bolts of your job it's, today. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I don't know how I would even be here if I didn't do the, the assisting part because 
I don't think I'd have the, I wouldn't have had the confidence for it. Like there's still things I do today that I learned there that I do with like my eyes closed now. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh shoot, I forgot to do that. And then I'm like, Oh, no, I didn't. I I did it on Monday and I just forgot because it's like an autopilot thing. Right. You know, so much of styling is getting things from point A to point B, thinking ahead, making sure you have empty suitcases for a shoot. Like you have to think about all those little things to be able to like actually enjoy right being a stylist which is why like when I started out it was so there was no creative I was around the creativity but you know I couldn't even be in a fitting for like six months so there was a curtain in her office and I would be on the other side of the curtain and I would hear the fitting happening but it was just like this like mysterious world of like Mm -hmm. what's going on in there and you know, the oohs and the ahs and the, you know, all of that. And I was just like, so enamored by it. And, you know, my first fitting, which was with John Boyega for Star Wars, and I didn't know how to use a shoehorn. And he like stepped on my foot or on my finger. (laughs) Never forget it. Today, how has your job evolved? So walk us through like, for this week, for example, because it's New York Fashion Week. Yeah. So you attended a couple of events. Fashion Week is very unusual this year. Of course. We're obviously in a pandemic. I went to the Rebecca Minkoff show with my client, Paige Hurd, who was on the new Power spinoff called Ghost. Super good. It was really interesting. It was at Spring Studios, which is where most of Fashion Week is, and it was on the rooftop. I had a shoot on Wednesday, so it, it's been difficult for me to go to anything, but what these brands, most brands are doing, they're doing these like Zoom virtual right. shows. There was a bunch on Wednesday and I like couldn't do them because I was on set. But right. So talk about what you were on set for. So I have a client named Angelica Bet Fellini and she is in the new Netflix show called Teenage Bounty Hunters. I'm not even just saying this because she's my client. It's such a good show. It's so funny. But she's, I mean, we're trying to find ways to do press for her. Like if it wasn't a pandemic, she would be doing interviews and press appearances and there would have been a premiere and all this stuff. But we haven't really been able to do that. But this was an editorial for Content Mode magazine. You can see some of the stuff behind you here, that like gold fringe jacket. It was super fun, super editorial. And she's a dancer, so... She trained with New York City Ballet, so it was super fun because she moves in the clothes, and it was, yeah, it yeah. Was fun. What does a day look like when you're not at a shoot, like not so doing I'm the glamorous not part of the job? Yeah. So especially with the pandemic, I've been doing a lot of pivoting, but also strategizing. Now things are starting to pick back up again. I always, 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 no matter what, try to wake up early. Like early for me is like 7.45 or 8. And I do yoga in the morning, which is an important thing for me. Um, I'm going to be really sad when it gets cold out because I do it on my roof. Me too. So it's going to, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I, I actually don't know what I'm going to do. I Because I'm not, I'm going to invent yoga clothes that we can like comfortably be in outside. There we go. Like some we'll type of thermal. Yeah. <laughs> like something or like a like heated heat, yoga like, mat for your bare feet yeah we need to figure out these are all genius ideas who's ever <laughs> listening don't steal my ideas my we idea. pat- we're patenting it yeah um but I always I I really really do I make my coffee I up early I do my yoga and then I'll work on emails I mean it's, it's kind of weird to think nowadays like what do I do during the day but somehow I keep myself you know busy mm-hmm. um I hired a business coach in the beginning of it was March. I did, we didn't know COVID was going to be, we thought it was going to be a couple of weeks, but right. I'm really grateful that I had her shout out to Kara Duffy. 
She has, she's actually helped me formulate and strategize, pivot my business into my energy styling concept, which is something that I started gravitating towards before the pandemic. So this isn't, this isn't a pandemic pivot, uh, but I've had more time to really think about the concept. Originally it was going to be, and it still might be a book that I was writing with my friend who is a spiritual healer. And we started brainstorming that book back in January, talking about colors and styling and why we wear certain colors and why we gravitate towards certain colors. And that, you know, I'll go into that. I have been focusing on that part of my business. As the listeners know, I'm someone who regularly meditates and like I fully believe in manifestation and for people listening, can you describe what manifesting is and how you use colors or clothing with your clients? Yeah. Manifesting is a total mindset and this concept isn't a lifestyle for me, but I think it's an, it can be an incredible tool for women and men who are really ready to take manifestation and mantras and all of that into their life. I love fashion, but what I was struggling with kind of right before COVID hit was the superficialness of it. When I was working with Michaela, she had clients that most of her clients were wearing the Chanel's and the Prada's of the world. When I went off on my own, my whole thing is I work with these emerging talents that are these breakout stars. But what people don't realize in the styling world is that you have clients that are approved for these high-end brands. Mm -hmm. So when you see someone wearing Chanel, it's because Chanel has them on their, you know, uh, target list of, you know, celebrities that they want wearing their clothing. I was in this like weird place where I have these clients that I'm so passionate about and so it was so important to me that I was a part of their, their image and building the, building their brand. And I was kind of having this like, I don't want to say identity crisis because it sounds very dramatic, but why do I do what I do? Because I was in this world of like, okay, email Chanel, email product, get this, get this. I love couture. I love the beauty of fashion, but why I actually am a stylist is because I truly love to make people look and feel good. And whether that's in a fitting or when I'm doing market for that client, when I'm doing requests, market means reaching out to the designer, seeing what they have that's available. I am truly thinking about, will they like this? Will it look good on them? Will they feel good in it? Because they have to wear these clothes and talk about their show on repeat all day long. And it's exhausting. And if you don't feel good about what you're wearing, your interview is going to go bad. There's like a domino effect Mm -hmm. if if the client doesn't honestly look good when they're doing these appearances. Because it also affects box office sales and who watches the show. And it's kind of weird to think about it in that way. But that's in the grand scheme of what we do. That's a big part of it. Before COVID, I was doing a lot of meditation and spiritual work with my uh, one of my mentors, Vanessa, who I mentioned earlier. And I started realizing that I was gravitating towards wearing colors that, you know, feeling like I could use a little bit more love in my life. She would say, you know, meditate with with a pink light, and we would do a meditation. Then I would say, 
let's talk about this pink light. What did it bring up? Whatever. So I think when it really clicked though, I was helping a friend of mine who was miserable in her job and she was like, I'm miserable. I want to quit, but I'm afraid I'm not going to find a new job. You know, like all the things that a lot of people deal with when they want to leave their job. And I was like, this was in the peak of the work I was doing with Vanessa. And I was like, okay, tomorrow morning, wake up, meditate in a blue light. And that's a healing light. And just, just sit in that blue light. Like, don't think about anything else. Just sit in it. Remember that throughout your day, like be mindful about it, healing, protecting, you know, have a little mantra for yourself. And she texted me the next day and was like, I wore a blue jacket to like keep myself reminded of, you know, my meditation. I'm already feeling like more, I'm feeling better. I I can't explain it, but I'm feeling better. I'm like, great. And then two weeks later, she texted me, Britt, I quit my job. I found another job. You know, I'm so much happier. And as weird as it sounds, but that totally helped me. At that time, I was like, I need to figure out what this means for me. And yeah, that's kind of how it started. And it really, really had me think about, we we gravitate towards colors. I did a seminar back in June and one of the women in the seminar said that she is gravitating towards yellow and she had just started a business and she's like, yeah, I've been wearing like yellow a lot. And I am going from like corporate world to, um, I think, trying to remember exactly what she said but she's like I'm going through corporate from corporate world to having my own business as a Pilates instructor and I'm really into yellow right now her saying that but yellow is very clarifying and so in my mind I was like she's gravitating towards yellow because she's having this moment where she's becoming very clear into who she is and she's starting a business and she's going out of her corporate you know job and stepping into something that's you know her more true self Mm -hmm. and you know it's it's very different from what I do as a quote celebrity stylist, but it's still something that I I would totally interpret into, you know, styling my clients who have press appearances and and this is such a cool combination of using clothes to bring things into your life too. Yeah. I read a quote. It was from the podcast you sent me. I hope she put it on her um, story. So I sent Britt before, because basically Britt and I met through Andrew Gellix and Meryl Petrie, who've been on the podcast, and they suggested I reach out to her. And so I looked at her page, heard all about this, and then I sent her a podcast regarding manifestation and receiving from the Reset podcast that I've talked about. Okay, so what's the quote? So the quote is, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that, because what the world needs is people who have come alive. I love that. So I also think that if there is a day you wake up and you're like, I want to do energy styling or you don't have to marry one thing in your career. If there's a ton of different things that, you know, keep you motivated and some things won't have to do with that specific category of work that you've chosen to work in it's better to do that than to sit there and be like, I'm actually only supposed to be this celebrity stylist or you're supposed Mm -hmm. to just be a designer. It's Mm -hmm. obviously why you started a podcast. Like there's other, there's other things that you're interested in. You might as well go do it because that's the type of like energy that this world needs right now, instead of just 
staying in your own lane and like, you know, whatever. But that's also a whole other like thing I can go off yeah. on for many hours. <laughs> okay. So kind of switching gears. Yeah. Since you've moved to New York, how has your personal style changed? I, I look back at photos of myself when I was in high school and college and I swear I had better style then. I think because I just like weirdly was on a budget and thrifted and just was very, I was one of those teenagers and when I was a child and a teenager, I was very true. I was unapologetically myself. I think moving to New York and working long hours and being a little intimidated by being in the fashion world, I, you know, I kind of would like, I was kind of like losing myself a little bit, which is also why energy styling became a really real thing to me once I started really reflecting and looking inward, like, you know, why, why I do what I do. But I am pretty classic when it comes to my style. I'll explain what I'm wearing right now, because this is a, pretty much a uniform for me. I'm wearing like very comfortable blue jeans and like a white knit and slides and usually I'm wearing like jeans and a t-shirt sort of variation but okay but you're also downplaying it she has very cute hot pink satin slides cool silhouette baggy jeans cute knit top and I'm loving your necklaces and I have lots of necklaces on yeah what is the heart one this is um this is a sample that I've been wearing all week which I shouldn't be but the brand knows it's fine um, it's Alina Beg and it's a rock quartz heart and it's kind of like a key, but I'm obsessed with it. And I love that it sits right, almost right above my heart, but rock quartz is very, very protective. And this week I like very much needed a little extra protection because it, I've just been stressed out, but um, I read a cool thing about rock quartz. I think was Native Americans used to put a rock quartz over or like in the cradle of like their baby's cradle to protect them at night. But, but yeah, I always try to wear some sort of stone element and I actually have a pink slide on today because I like really need a little bit of extra loving energy in my life right now. I've been a little bit defeated in the dating department. And also I was listening to Reset and she said that we need to be more receiving of love and receiving of compliments. So that's been my theme this week. I've been trying to be more receiving when someone compliments me on something. Oh, actually yesterday's episode of my podcast, I talk about the Reset podcast yeah, and how much I love the manifestation episode. Yeah. And it's all about like just saying yes to everything. Yes yeah. to everything, accepting everything, not trying to belittle anything. So that's good. Pink is good. Pink then. is receiving. We'll we'll call it that. Yeah, exactly. What I do want to say about energy style um, as like a little homework assignment for our listeners is that if you're gravitating towards color, really take note of what that is because it's, it's usually your soul trying to tell you something. I remember a few weeks ago, I was like obsessed with like orange and citrine. I was like gravitating towards it. And it's a very creative, stimulating color. And I was in a, I was having a week where I was totally just feeling paralyzed. And I was like, okay, clearly there's, I need to creatively stick. And even if whatever anyone believes in, all that matters is that 
I saw it as a sign to be more creative, like stimulate Mm -hmm. my creativity. And I did that and I ended up, you know, getting out of my rut. So definitely take note of like what those colors are. And I can quickly like, I have this little chart. I don't know if there's a way, maybe you can post it on your Instagram or something. Okay. So look out on the Instagram. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's say I'm someone who okay, this is a good one. So I just broke up with my boyfriend and I'm not ready for a new relationship, but I have a great job, but I'm feeling like not very confident or I'm feeling kind of low and I have a a big event at work. What should I be wearing? Ooh, the big event threw me off because I was like ready to go off okay. on, a, on a color that's perfect for you, but we can give two colors. Okay. So, because sometimes this color can get a bit bridally, but the lucky color is white mm-hmm. and white is the definition of a blank, a, a, a blank, a blank page and a blank slate. White is a very pure cleansing color. So what I would say to someone really going through anything what like starting over anything in that territory is to wear lots of whites. I like to sleep in all white because it's very clearing for me. Uh, My room's like all white, but white is a very beautiful color to look down at. And this is, you're creating, you're creating space for new experiences and a fresh start. A lot of us can also use a lot of confidence after a breakup, um, which Red is, is kind of the cliche color for that, um, but also a color that I think is co- contrasting to white, but what a lot of people would not think this about it is black. And black is a great color for when you're ready to just own into your power and also get organized. I feel like when a lot of people go through a breakup, they're like, all right, time to organize my life. So mm-hmm. black is a very organizational color and, and also being balanced. And these are both colors that aren't like not things that you already own, which is a whole other beautiful thing about energy styling is re going through your wardrobe. What's interesting about that, what you just said, saying like these aren't things you already own is that there's probably a combination of visualization with that too. Like when you're looking for new pieces, then you find the perfect white button up or yellow fringe jacket. Yeah. And you see yourself and what you're doing when you're wearing those things and like how you feel in your head. And I bet that's a huge part of it too. Yeah. I also realize I need more green in my life. I'm like having this obsession with green, but what does green mean? Green equals success. You think of money when you Mm -hmm. think of green. And I am sure like a lot of people are really like hustling right now. And I'm, really, really ready to attract more work into my life because the industry is picking back up and I'm used to being super, super busy. And I'm noticing that I like really need more green. Green is also good health. And that's good. Yeah. What color should someone wear if they're feeling anxious, like for no particular reason, just have a lot of anxiety. So another thing I was going to say about green is that it helps relax muscle, muscle, muscles, nerves, and thoughts and it's a balancing uh color as well so green is also still a really good color for that um and violet so amethyst is a really good stone to wear as well um and um you know i think a lot of people when they have anxiety they realize that they 
they need to channel that energy into something more creative. And you don't have to be like a fashion person to do this. Do something really random, like do a puzzle or um, listen to music. But violet amethyst is very, um, it's like a very artistic color. So great. I love it. I think I need all of these things. Yeah. I'm going to be wearing all of the colors. If anyone, if anyone starts translating energy styling into their lives, please tag me. I love to see when people oh my gosh, I incorporate will. it. It's super fun. It's um, fun. It it's is supposed fun. to be fun. And That's what fashion is supposed to be. Yeah. Too. Amazing. Well, thank you again, Britt, for coming on and sharing this whole idea and your story of hard, hard work in the industry. And we're so excited to be able to follow along and see where you're headed. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me and taking the time out of your busy schedule. Oh my gosh. Coming on down to the fashion closet of Tribeca. (laughs) Yeah. Where can our listeners follow you? Uh, Listeners can follow me on Instagram, Theodora. Yeah, that's basically it. And you tag her and your tag selfies. me and you can send me an email. Um, all of that's on my Instagram, so yeah. I won't bore you with those. We'll details. link it in the show too. Thanks cool. so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. To keep up with what's happening on our podcast, follow Raw and Real NYC on Instagram. We post inspo and love showing you what's going on in our lives. Till next time, keep it real.